0: That's heritageradionetwork.org slash 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you.
1: You're listening to com, bringing you the freshest radio in Brooklyn since 2009. Hear directly from chefs to farmers, artists to architects, authors to brewers, and everyone in between. Check out all of our shows on our website or by searching Heritage Radio Network in the iTunes store. On behalf of everybody at HeritageRadioNetwork.com, we'd like to send a special thank you to the Hearst Ranch, our biggest supporter and longest-running sponsor since we first started in 2009. Hearst Ranch is the nation's largest single-source supplier of free-range, all-natural, grass-fed and grass-finished beef. Since 1865, the Hearst family has raised cattle on the rich, sustainable native grasslands of the Central California coast. The result is beef with extraordinary flavor that's as memorable and natural as the surrounding landscape. For more information, visit www.hurstranch.com.
2: Radio I'm your host Michael Harlan Turkel Here today with Justin Warner Now the infamous tricycler of bed And foie donut connoisseur uh, Justin started washing dishes in a pub at the age of 14 Continues to scrub plates as the co-chef and owner of Do or Dine An American Izakaya restaurant in Bed-Stuy itsakaya, Japanese Drunk food I didn't want to have to say it. Yeah. Yeah. I'll but I mean, does, does it, I mean, is it inspired by late nights? Is it inspired by...
3: Yeah. You know, uh, if you wanted a, uh, a reference point, uh, there's a place that we used to go to after work when we worked at the Modern, my partners yeah. and I, and that's a uh, Hagi. Oh, and I want to Saki say it's... Bar yeah, Bar yeah, yeah. Yeah. And uh, I've never seen so many faces... In sake plates in my life, just <laughs> people like face down yeah. in the overflow plate, you know, yeah. of the sake, and uh, yeah, and it's just uh, so the idea is food that is conducive to drinking, and then uh, drinking that is conducive to fooding,
2: yeah. And in addition to your hot munchies. I love that oh, uh, terminology, by the way.
3: Uh, we um, didn't invent that. They gave that to us. Oh, yeah? yeah. Who yeah. gave it to you? Uh, some guy at Metro Mix, uh, Matt, uh, Matt Rodbard. R- yeah, I think yeah. His name. Oh, excellent. You know that guy?
2: Yeah, yeah. It's but, Google. I mean, it, it's kind of spot on looking at your menu. I mean, that, that really defines what you guys are doing because it's not like... Uh, ordering pizza late night at college it's not like you know wolfing down whatever i mean these are very well plotted out dishes well thanks yeah yeah. welcome <laughs> yeah glad to be here um so where did you grow up where did you start eating you didn't just jump into the sty and start making well donuts
3: yeah it's weird i grew up in western maryland uh kind of like appalachia uh yeah. kind of but like in a valley. And uh, so I grew up kind of uh, eating crabs and stuff. And uh, actually, on the menu right now we have uh, Maryland style jellyfish. Yeah. N- nobody, <laughs> nobody in Maryland eats jellyfish, but it's done with a little crab cake and is seasoned with Old Bay. And I, I didn't know this until I did it, but like sesame oil and Old Bay are like,
4: mm, they're the magic. Be- together. Yeah, they're the best buddies. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah.
2: Excellent. I was just down in the Chesapeake, too, and, you know, it just seems crab this, crab that. Are there any other regional or indigenous foods there?
3: Uh, yeah. You know, we're big into, um, we used to go to feeds on uh, in Roarsville, Maryland on Hogmaw Road where they do uh, turkey, ham, and oysters. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, that- that's, everyone eats turkey, ham, and oysters. Is that but- a
2: sandwich? What is that? No,
3: no. It's like you could troughs of all of those <laughs> you know, on Hogmaw Road. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, we do like Scrapple, pond house, souse. uh... You know, just uh, the weird stuff, you know? And then, of course, there's, like, southern influence. Like, I mean, growing up, I didn't eat it, but everybody knows what, like, chitlins is. You can buy them at the supermarket, like, easy, pre-washed, you know?
2: Why didn't you eat chitlins?
3: Uh, My mom wasn't really a good cook, let alone an adventurous, uh, like, you know, intestinal eater. Yeah. Yeah.
2: So, I mean, it's funny to see your menu now that you've explored all those different parts and odd bits of the animal.
3: Well, yeah, I mean, you know, you just get more and more curious. I I worked in Japanese food for a long time, and, uh, you know, they kind of, the Japanese kind of worship things that, uh, how do I say, like, they only taste like what they are. For example, you know, an apple and a pear are kind of like cousins, taste speaking, but sea urchin only tastes like low tide, and you can't really go out and eat low tide. Yeah. So the Japanese kind of like worship those things or venerate the things that only taste like that. You yeah. Know? So in if you get into that, you start to look for more of it. You yeah. Know, I here mean, here and there,
2: it's it's terror food. Pretty I mean, much. What do we have in New York that has low tide to it? Uh, I mean, that sounded f- kind of disgusting when I thought about it. Yeah. I yeah. mean,
3: I I don't know. It'd be tough to find. I don't know. You know, you can get a little bit of that tidiness from like. A good bluefish sandwich, you know, where yeah. like, I don't know, you kind of close your eyes and you're just tasting aftertaste and yeah. you're like, man, I'm sitting on the dock of the bay.
2: Yeah. <laughs> I was going to whistle, but I realized I can't. Yeah, right? um, <laughs> so you you were saying you worked in Japanese cuisine. How did you get out of rural Maryland and move into hot cuisine? Well, so uh,
3: <laughs> I was kind of a bad kid growing up. and uh, You mean badass. Yeah, I was yeah. a badass growing yeah. up. And uh, my mom would ship me out to some relatives I had in Colorado for the summers and then one day I just kind of got sick of it and uh, I I moved there and then I started uh, the first job I applied for happened to be at a sushi place and uh, there was just something about it where we just clicked and uh, I started managing the place and I was like I don't know 22 or something like it was a joke but uh, I did a pretty okay job at it and uh, I met a lot of people that were really interested in exposing me to things because I don't know. My whole life, I've never really had a problem eating anything. I mean, I'd I'd eat humans if they'd serve it.
2: Such as is your Twitter handle.
3: Yeah, eat fellow humans. Yeah,
2: yeah. And why? What's the impetus behind that tag? Well,
3: I was actually encouraging my fellow humans to eat. But they don't allow for punctuation, such as the comma. <laughs> yeah. So now it's just kind of a double entendre. In reality, it's a command, like yeah. a, a cry, like, eat, fellow humans. Yeah. But now it's just eat, fellow humans. Oh,
2: it's like, kind of like a roll call during school where it was last name first. Yeah, exactly. But then weren't you just telling me about possibly eating fellow humans?
3: Well, yeah, I'm just saying that, like, it, it's not something I would, I don't know, people say, what's your last meal on Earth? Yeah. Well, if I'm about to die, like, <laughs> I'm probably going to munch on a. Brethren, See what are. it
2: tastes like. Yeah, yeah. right. I mean,
3: because what else is there?
2: I think they had to do recipe testing for and Green anyway. Yeah, right. So, Absolutely, and it seemingly was delicious. Sign me up. Yeah. So you worked at a Japanese restaurant in Landlock, Colorado. Yeah. Um, fish flown in. Yeah, you
3: know, if you uh, there's actually a book called The Sushi Economy by Sasha Issenberg and it kind of mentions that uh, Colorado with the uh, advent of Stapleton and then later uh, TIA, uh, it's kind of a big deal because. Who, like, the the fish, most fish goes and gets, like, rated, scaled, sold at Tsukiji Fish Market. And then yeah. it's either going, in the United States, it's going to either L.A., Hawaii, or New York. And it has to stop between L.A. and New York in Denver. So, like, Sushi Tora in Boulder, Colorado, uh, Sushi Den, Sushi Sasa, Zanmai, all the places in Aspen. Yeah. Banging fish, you know, because they just, I'll take that. Yeah. And then that's it. Yeah, that's yeah, amazing. So, you know, it's it's just strange that Colorado actually, um, and this is kind of a, a tangent, but I used to have a Nintendo Wii, right? And they would do uh, like a, a survey. Have you had sushi? And it would show all the states based on color, yes or no. And so the eastern seaboard, for the most part, is one color. The western seaboard, for the most part, one color. All of Middle America is the other color with the exception of Colorado. Yeah. Yeah, and even the Nintendo Wii proved that. That's
2: crazy. That's fantastic. Yeah. So, I mean, exposed to all this fish coming in, uh, from Tsiji. yeah the, the amazing fish market in Japan what other kind of uh, great foods were you aware of while in Colorado
3: well um shucks you know that was really where I got my first taste of like uh like farmer's market cuisine but not like when I was growing up we'd go to the farmer's market but it was like you know scrapple and like you know bacon egg and cheese sandwich like from Hoffman's sausage like they're yeah. still like my boys I would still get country ham from them if I could yeah I bet David Chang wishes he could too. Yeah. <laughs> son of a gun country ham i was eating that when i was eight now it's in his menu at the samba <laughs> yeah. son of a gun anyway uh you know that was the first place though where i really figured out about things like zucchini blossoms or you know um you know leeks when it's leak time
4: yeah
2: so, you know? so the oval bits of vegetables and the yeah pretty more seasonal things um then from colorado how did you get to New York? Well, I moved to Denver uh after
3: I got fired over the cleaning of some monkfish liver and
2: uh <laughs> that's for another Yeah
3: story. And uh I got a job there, it's just like some like new American cuisine. And then there was some write up. I was a server, you know, I have always been in front of house up until this point, up until now. And uh I there was some night where someone came in and said I give the best service in Denver and then it was kind of like Well, I guess I better Go to New York. Like, if I'm, yeah. if I'm doing this good in Denver, I yeah. should go somewhere else. So, okay, New York, here we go.
2: Excellent. And what was your first job in.
3: Well, I worked at the uh, ill fated town for uh, as long as I could tolerate the smell of death. And then <laughs> uh, thankfully, the modern swooped in and offered me a job there. Yeah. And then I started as a front waiter there and then I moved up to a captain.
2: Excellent. How long were you at the modern?
3: Uh, almost three years, like two and a half or so.
2: Yeah. And obviously exposed to a plethora of ingredients fantastic people yeah
3: they don't mess around yeah
2: etc um how did that position you to open up do or dine and i don't mean like investors and business plan but i mean how did it set your sights for creating a menu uh creating a space well
3: you know when you learn um you know your whole life if, if you're like a restaurant lifer and you're a cranky one, like most of us are in uh, restaurant lifers go. You constantly, the first job to the to the last job, you're saying, well, I know what I would have done differently, you know? And so when you get to the modern, you, you see, wow, like they've done that all differently. And it's a real slick machine and there are rules and there are operating procedures. And, you know, things have to be done right because people are paying a lot of money for it. So <clears throat> I guess I guess the idea is that when we got to the modern, we saw... The things that we could do on a very low budget that would make people feel very high budget. For example, the cloche, you know, it's something so stupid. (laughs) Yeah. It's a lid on top of a dish. Yeah. But the second you bring a cloche out, it goes from $12 to $14. surprise
2: factor. Yeah. Yeah. You
3: know, you don't know, you know, let alone a smoking gun by PolyScience. Yeah. We don't even own one. It's on lease from a friend of ours. Yeah. And, uh. That's like still a $75 investment, but it makes smoke come out of dishes.
2: And it's apropos named a smoking gun, which, you know, you're you're getting a price point off of something that seems irrelevant at first. Pretty much. That's kind of amazing. And then, so do you cloche at do or dine?
3: Yeah, right now we do a smoked corn soup, and we... uh, we pump the smoke in uh, kind of a minute, so yeah. that the second like you open up the cloche, boom. And it's a bit of a trompe l'oeil, you know? People order it, and they think it's a cold soup. Yeah. They get it, and they think it's a hot soup. They dive into it, and they think it's a cold soup again. Yeah. And they're like,
2: what the fuck? There are Cracker Jacks in here. Yeah. Ah! You know. <laughs> I thought I thought uh, drunk food was supposed to be straight and narrow, but... Well, you know, I, I kind of like to, you know, how fun is it to screw with drunk people? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's the best. Yeah. So, do or dine open when? Uh, We open, what, June? June 3rd. June 3rd, and just been rolling ever since.
3: Pretty much, straightforward, yeah. We've gotten very fortunate with a lot of good press and uh, a lot of good guests, and we've got a good team, too, so it helps. And where in bed are you? Uh, We're on Bedford Avenue between Quincy and Nostrand, so the closest trains to that are uh, the G train in Bedford and Nostrand, the C train on Franklin Avenue, or the A or the C on Nostrand Avenue.
2: Now, I, I mean, I saw pictures of your sign. Yeah. I've not ventured out yet. I will, I promise. Take your time. We'll um, be there. Some of the sign says do or dine, the underneath of the overhang, and the rest of the sign was from a prior establishment.
3: Yeah, you know, it's kind of a sad thing. Um, the prior establishment had been closed for six years before we got the space. Yeah. What was it? Uh, it was uh, Bee's Taste Buds, which was uh, specializing in West Indian and American dishes, yeah. according to the sign. We still have their menu in the backyard. Yeah. Uh, so someday we might try and reinterpret that and like redo their menu awesome. just for a week or two. Yeah. See how it goes. I don't know. There's one item called liver and kidney, which... <laughs> 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 sure. Yeah. Sign me up. Yeah. I'll take two, please. Yeah. Um, anyway, the, uh, the idea, I guess, was that... Um, To redo that whole thing would be to really change the face of that block, and that block hasn't changed in six years.
2: Yeah, what is the demographic of that neighborhood?
3: Uh, You know, I don't know. Uh, We get people that have lived in that neighborhood for 40 years. We get people that have lived in that neighborhood for four days. Yeah. It's, you know, it's a rapidly changing neighborhood, and the thing is, I, I don't know, my partners and I, if you combine our years there, it's about 10 years of total living and 10 individual years of people that have wanted something You know, not just good or not just food, but something great to eat, something that feels good. Yeah. So we said, you know, we're probably not the only ones. And that's indeed the case. I said to some people that came in once, they're like, you know, why don't you just make this a simple restaurant? Why don't you have a burger or something like that? And I'm like, well, it's very simple. You know, everybody, every human being has to eat. But it takes effort to eat well and to eat good and to find things that are interesting and make you feel something other than full. You know, I could eat this beer can when I'm done with it, and I'd feel full. Yeah. But, you know, I wouldn't feel great about it.
2: If I had money in my wallet, I'd put some down to see you eat that. Uh, <laughs> I have no money in my wallet, <laughs> yeah, so yeah. I would take it. If you <laughs> so, I mean, talk about forward thinking, progressive. I mean, it's not just trying to eat well it's trying to make people think about how they're eating and what they're eating yeah because your your menu among its eccentricities and now the much lauded foie donut which we'll talk about its its praises and woes sure um, I mean they're very ephemeral Ideas of dishes. Well, thanks. Uh, yeah. I mean, coming from, obviously, your Maryland influence to put jellyfish into a crab cake. But uh, let me read a couple more, like the Nippon na- nachos, which I'm assuming somehow come from your Japanese uh, yeah. you know, uh, rearing gouda cheddar and masago sour cream.
3: Yeah. So the idea there is like um, my partner, George, who's not here today because he's in the restaurant cooking. <laughs> he and I are like co-chefs. And uh, George one day was like, you know what, basically all food is either a sandwich or a nacho, meaning it's either something with shit piled on top of it or it's shit encased between two slices of something. Yeah. So, for example, the, the ravioli is a, a sandwich because everything you put on top of it is really a condiment. It's why you say, you know, like duck ravioli. It's not because there's duck piled on top of some other kind of ravioli. Yeah. It's because there's duck in the ravioli. So that's the sandwich. And they
2: always ask for bread at the table to sop up everything from the ravioli. Might as well.
3: Yeah. So that's a sandwich. Uh, You know, if you have like, you know, pasta with a chicken breast and some shit on top of it, that's nachos. So what is both? So you take a, a Japanese dumpling which has the meat product of nacho inside of it, and then you top it with nacho fixings. So it's not only sandwich, but nacho at the same time. And then the uh, sour cream that we do, we, we put masago, which is like the roe that's on the outside of a California roll sometimes, uh, that's been steeped in jalapeno juice. <coughs> so it tastes like 7-Eleven nacho cheese, kind of, <laughs> but it's, um, it's fish egg sour cream.
2: Flipped on its head. Yeah. Excellent. We're going to come back, talk a little bit more about many items. The foie donut... Uh, Justin's bicycle incident huh. And then a special treat Some wine wraps Yes, wine wraps You've been listening to The Food Scene HeritageRadioNetwork.com We'll be right back back to the food scene on Heritage Radio Network here with Justin Warner of Do or Dine and Bedsty and Ono Ono Rapper, Oni Rapper.
3: Yeah, uh it's just like I don't know, wine rhyme enthusiast, the wine rapper. Yeah. I don't know, just google it, you'll see it. Yeah,
2: you'll see it. You'll hear it at the end of the show too. But we don't want to lose sight of these swad Donuts. Uh there's been a little bit of buzz and stir in the media in the last couple of days. This has been a big week for you. Um, yeah. <laughs> so tell us about the Fouad Donut first of all. It's a collaboration, right?
3: Yeah. So um, there's a donut shop around the corner from our place called Dough, and uh, they make a wicked donut. They're on uh, Franklin and Lafayette. You should really check them out. Two bucks. They got passion fruit donuts, yada, yada. Anyway, I don't know. I was walking around one day and had their donut. And then later I said to myself, you know what? I think I'm I want to do a foie gras donut, but, like, not in the whole. Like, I want it to look like a jelly donut, like from from Dunkin' Donuts. Yeah. But when you bite into that bad boy, I want that to be the three components of a basic foie gras dish. Some bread, some jelly, and foie. Yeah. And I thought I could disguise that in the form of a donut. And then I found out later it was, like, the invention of the bow and arrow. Everybody's done that.
4: Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> but for some reason, I'm... I've, I've actually never invented a bow and arrow. Oh, sorry. Uh, everybody but me, I guess.
3: Well... I thought everybody yeah. had not invented the Fargot donut yeah. and that it was only me. Yeah. But anyway, <laughs> everybody's kind of screwed around with it, but I think it's kind of a little bit more of a, a mini thing and like a kind of like profiterole or something like that. Or eclair. Yeah. But to do kind of like a full fledged actual donut and say, Okay, this is an appetizer, I don't know necessarily about that. Yeah, yeah. So who knows?
2: And you got a little kickback and flack from
3: yeah, you know, um, the second we uh, got some coverage, uh, I guess from Gothamist was the first on that. What up to Gothamist? Those are people out there. Yeah. Uh, then we got a letter from Peter. Well, no big deal. You know, I just said, hey, thanks for the info. You know, we'll we'll check it out and we'll see where it goes and yada, yada. But then some girl in Maine started a petition against us, which I was like, you know, okay, great. Like, sorry. Like, you know, no problem. I didn't actually even, I didn't say, and I still haven't really said anything to them, but... Then we started getting about 500 emails a day, and it really started clogging the inbox. Yeah. And then we started thanking Google for Filter. So then we just put them all into another little side inbox. But I thought, you know, this is pretty funny. So let's just send out a picture of our inbox to the media and see what people have to say. And then everybody realized, like, okay, I don't know, 1,800 signatures later from all over the world that, wow, we really pissed some people off here. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah, and, and the cops came after you, well, unrelatedly. Yeah, unrelatedly. Yeah. It just happened to be I was carrying the contraband
3: donuts. Is that, uh, yeah, so I was picking up the donuts. We bought this tricycle so that I can get some groceries done because i got to get some stuff locally, like blue corn tortillas. You know, you can't just order that from Baldor. Yeah. And uh, we use that in a taco taco. That's octopus taco. Anyway, uh, I get little things locally, and uh, the donuts being one of them. So I got this new tricycle and I'm like feeling fly as shit, you know. And I'm like cruising all lean back on my tricycle and I like riding past this uh, our neighborhood restaurant next door, sued. They do uh, Southern Italian and I like to wave, you know, while I'm riding my tricycle. And then whoop whoop, and I'm like, ah <laughs> oh, shit. Yeah. So I pull up, you know, lock the bike. And they're like ID. I'm like, oh no problem. Yeah, what can I do for you? I'm like, oh shucks, it's because I was riding my tricycle. And they're like, yeah, yeah, you know, da da da, and then i've been arrested before so i know what an awkward time is to just check an id and give someone a ticket and yeah. it's taking the awkward time and i'm like oh shit I'm like okay i'm going to jail can i get these donuts and just put them inside officer real quick you know give them to my partners they're like okay so we uh i give the donuts to come back out and they're like hey uh, are, are you open now are there any customers in there i'm like no what's up and they're like cool. come inside they search me. I'm freaking out because I'm, like, free-balling that day. It's, like, laundry day, you know? And I'm like, oh, no, no, not like this. Not yeah. today. So, they're like, yeah, we got to come down to the station. Uh, you know, you have some warrants for your rest, and uh, we got to sort this out. And I'm like, what? Like, okay. I had my feet up on the subway once in bed Yeah. And uh, I'm nervous about it. Well, they take me down there. They put me in the cuffs. And, uh... They make me, you know, go in the cell. I have to take my shoes off and all that sort of stuff. They wanted me to unlace them. And I was like, no, it'd take me 45 minutes to lace these high tops oh, That's up. why
2: I only wear slip-ons. Yeah, yeah,
3: right? I was like, I'm not lacing these things again. So I go in there and I'm sitting there and I'm sitting there. And they're like, yo, Jay, well, like, when was the last time you lived on Chauncey Street? I'm like, I've never lived on Chauncey Street. And they're like, okay, Slim Shady. I'm like, what? <laughs> son of a gun. So, okay, they come back and then like 45 minutes later they're like, "Hey, really sorry about that, but you know, they just kind of messed up in the Warren's department. You're good to go." I'm like,
1: "What?
2: Like kind of messed up in Yeah, the- they just kind of messed up. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, clerical it, error. Yeah, it's it's the it's the drift of the waft of quad Donuts in the air that just... Yeah, I thought that so. they
3: were just like, you know, we've got to do something. You know, yeah. we have to get this kid. Clearly, he's doing something. Yeah, because
2: know? all the meanest criminals in Brooklyn are on tricycles.
3: Yeah, I don't know. Well, I still get like, you know, four to eight calls a day about, can I get that product you got, Jay? Yeah. yeah absolutely. <laughs>
2: sure. <laughs> Limited supply. Yeah.
4: I
3: wanna, I'll re-up tomorrow.
2: <laughs> I want to talk about a couple of your other menu items. Yeah. Um, well, you mentioned the taco taco. Sure. T-A-K-O-T-A-C-O. Yeah. Taco being baby octopus. Yeah. Another Japanese influence, I'm sure. assuming. Um, heart attack.
3: Yeah, heart attack. That was actually inspired by uh, one of the chefs in Colorado, Masakazu Suzuki. He used to do a jalapeno stuffed with spicy tuna and cream cheese. And I thought, you know, how can I make that a little bit more springy, summery, and not make it so, like, sushi? So, um you know, we just do salmon and goat cheese to substitute that out. But instead of slicing it up, we do it with a beet tempura. So it actually comes out looking like a little bit of like a pulsating kind of mini heart. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's pretty good.
2: George's steak tartare?
3: Yeah, George, he's good at um, dicing things. Very small. I yeah. don't know why. He's he's a, like a seamster. I don't Seamstress know. Seamstress. Yeah, but a dude. Stir. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, so he's good at meticulous things. So we just put him on the tartare and he does it with... Um, uh, an espresso wasabi aioli and we use real espresso, yeah. not uh, dehydrated coffee, like yeah. say so, like, in uh, a red eye mayonnaise yeah. or something so like that. So you're
2: doing a red eye gravy a, a, of sorts. Yeah. paired With the steak. That's yeah. Awesome. Kind of. Um, Artichoke escabeche.
3: Now, that was done by our um, sous-chef, who's a miracle. His name is uh, Christian San Giorgio. And uh, we hired him because, you know, we don't know how to cook. So he, I tell him, like, okay, I want this to be green. Why is it brown? And he says, well, you're doing this. And then that's it. So he does artichoke escabeche, which is pretty cool. So, like, escabeche is like a method of kind of, like, preserving slash pickling but also cooking. It's, like, somewhere between um, ceviche and confit. And it's banging. That's our most requested... Can we have extra bread for yeah. the sauce? Yeah.
4: Yeah.
2: Fry and pickle.
3: Just super, super fresh, uh, summer, good. Yeah. Artichoke. Not good with wine, but that's cool. Yeah, why, why
2: is artichoke so hard to pair with wine? Well, I
3: mean, think about what looks or tastes like an artichoke, you know?
2: Yeah, what rhymes with artichoke?
3: Uh, let's see. Farty bloke.
2: That's true. Yeah. yeah. And that's the worst segue officially on this show. Yeah. Into wine wraps. Okay. Sure. <laughs> Wine wrapping. What was the impetus of this? Um, I know at Food Wine Classic, you and the lovely Belinda Chang. What up, BC? Psalm of Psalms. Yeah. Uh, came up with this idea of having people learn about, you know, wines in more of an urbane, yeah. you know, rote setting. So what what was the first one that you two sat down and wrote?
3: Well, I mean, first off it started we had a project to do at the modern where we had to talk about service and I was like, Okay, well I'm gonna make service better with wine raps. So I just made this like rap <laughs> rap song about service. Yeah. And then Belinda was like, Hey, I'm doing this thing in Aspen, can you record a, a rap song about like say Chateau Neuf to Pop for me? I'm like, Okay, no problem. So I do it, and uh, she's like, you know, by the way, I'll take you to Per Se. so,
4: yeah. I'm,
3: like, <laughs> so I'm like, okay, we'll go to Per Se. Awesome. Yeah. Here's your rap song. Then she's like, you know what, Jay, I just can't play this on a CD. Can you come with me? Yeah. Okay. Done. Then we're invited back the next year. Then we're invited to uh, at that time the Taste of Beverly Hills. This year it's called the Taste. Yeah. I uh, did an event uh, at the uh, New York City Wine and Food Fest last year, and uh, you know, yeah, just getting it done.
2: So Shadnew to pop, two Snoop Dogs drop it like it's hot. Yeah chateauneuf du Pop itself is one of the most expensive Rhone wines out there. So yeah, you got it. It only makes sense for Snoop to be living large. Well, you
3: know, it's also like the Pope was like, you know, sorry, this is my turf. I don't know. Like, I think if, uh, like, Snoop is like the godfather of the game or something like that. Then yeah. The Pope is kind of like the same of wine. Yeah. You know? So let's drop it. Yeah, you want to? Yeah. How are we going to drop it?
2: Oh, probably like it's hot.
3: <laughs> well said. <laughs> oh, wow. That sounds pretty good. Ah. Uh. I like the way this sounds in here. Yeah. This is nice. Yeah. I'm trying to figure out what rhymes with like heritage network. Let's cool. go. <laughs> Wait for it. Ah. Uh. Ah. Uh. Pop, pop If you're 12.5 in alcohol, Chateau du pa Chateau du pa Chateau du Pa. If Robert Parker loves you, Chateau du Pa, Chateau du Pa, Chateau du Pa if a GSM refines you, Chateau du Pa, Chateau du Pa, Chateauouf du Pa, got the papal coat of arms. I grew up in Avignon, but up in the Northwest I'd be chillin' in orange. Uh, I'm a nice wine, a little spicy. You see these old vines a little pricey. What's a Chateauouf? It's a mystery So here's a lesson Uh, in history 14th century Clement V He needs a new home He gives the Rhone a try Avignon's hot And it's Riverside He plants a couple grapes And gets them vinified What? It's not all easy In the life of the Pope Sometimes a bottle's The only way you can cope We came over like Rover When the bottle beckoned Succession Enter John the 22nd Builds a castle Sets up shop Now we all drinking On
2: Chateauneuf-du-Pape I was getting my groove on. Yeah, that was... Can I say it? Fucking fantastic. Fucking fantastic?
3: I'll I'll fucking take that.
2: Yeah. Um, I think there's only one... You know, Jack, we're almost done, right? Can we play out the show with another song? We're, we're just going to leave this large. You've been listening to The Food Scene on Heritage Radio Network. Justin Turner, Do or Dine that's Warner
3: for the record
4: Warner
2: crap I was telling you I was emailing yeah. with a Justin Turner yeah, that's alright so confusing Justin Warner Jason Turner yeah. that's cool <laughs> here I am come to do or die and doesn't matter <laughs> Alsace Jay-Z's Empire State of Mind oh yeah
3: one second yeah uh yeah yeah yeah, I'm out of Brooklyn, but now I'm reppin' Alsace Right next to Germany, but it'll be French forever It's a new Blanc. gotta plate of chicken here You can drink it anywhere, yeah, it goes with any fare I used to think of white wines, only going great With appetizers or a fish plate But Gerberts would go great, with a pepper flank steak Alsace is top rate, catch me in my kitchen drinking muscat with my pastry, my reese ain't so tasty Drink it so hasty, cause it plays well with sausages In the casings, Working in this industry Sippin' on this All my colleagues envy me Alsace got that pedigree I say what up to Trimbach Yeah, they wines, death rock Sipping side. Alsace wines got the game lock Ask your sound for Alsace Mention your affinity White with acidity That is most definitely Alsace Uh Alsace is the home to some great wines And in turn some great vines Now you drink Alsace Uh, uh uh, these wines will make you feel brand new Go try it, just add food Let's hear it for Alsace, Alsace Alsace, uh catch me drinking Pinot Noir with sauerkraut spam. Man, I made a flute more famous than a flautist can. It might say Tokai, but it ain't from Hungary. It's my fault, man. It's the soil that's under me. Shielded by the Vosges Mountains, climate dry and sunny. Pinot blanc, clear with the color of honey. Pair it with the confit leg of rabbit or bunny. Pair it with the cheese, kinda stinky, kinda runny. Been to a million parties, never ever done nice. Sippin' yellow with raw fish and ripe rice. Get out of my domain, don't make me say it twice. You can take, <laughs> I'll take myself dice. Uh, party like I do, fire up the barbecue. Cases in Umbrecht, and soon the whole room's wrecked. Eating beef brisket, did you get my gist yet? Tell them where it's from, Michael, I think they might have missed it. That's Alsace. Uh. Alsace is the home to some grapevines, and in turn,
1: do or dine.
3: That'll do. <laughs>